You're listening to the B-Side Podcast on Brick Radio. If you like what you hear or think there's an artist or band we should have in studio, let us know in the comments. Otherwise, sit back, relax, tune in, and turn on. If black magic music was a genre, producer Jet and vocalist Taylor Simone, together known as Jazzy Bell, would be leading young artists on that list. Flexing a myriad of musical influences, Jazzy Bell elegantly eclipses narrow perceptions of neo-soul, with moods and messages that are just as much a cryptic nod to trap as they are overt odes to liberation. And to top it off, they have that touch of a jazzy boom bap that is an in-house fave on this very stage. I am your host, Queen God Is, in Brooklyn, it is about that time to tune into the vibe of another mystical ride on B-Side. Keep it close. Again, so I would love to do this. First of all, let us introduce this really awesome band because you started right out the gate awesome. Let's introduce the band and then I would love for you two to introduce each other. Oh. Yes. Okay, for sure. These are the band are like the homies. We have Paul Bloom on keys. Hi, Paul. <laughs> we have um, Henny Montez on bass. Hey, Henny. We have Syl DeBignon on sax. Hey, Syl. And of course, not only the other half of Jazzy Bell produces everything, but he's also our drummer. So, Jet Carter, right here. And the lovely songwriter herself, the luscious. Taylor Simone. Taylor Simone. So, we have Paul, Henny, Syl, Jet, and Taylor. Jet and Taylor. I would love for you to actually extend that introduction of each other. Tell us something about the other that no one would know from a bio. Give us a deep intro to this person who's taken this journey with you to create this beautiful music and put it out into the world. Start with Taylor, let's end with Jet. <laughs> Jet looks like he needs a few more minutes too. Oh man. So Jet is the producer, but he's, he's the other half of Jazzy Bell and we really have been on this journey for years now. Um, things that you don't know about Justin, Justin is a very disciplined person. Every morning is, here's my routine, this is how I'm going to practice, this is what I'm going to do. 
Um, and it's and it's that kind of like ethic that's always been inspiring to me, and um, I think a reason why we've kept going because I'm like, wow, this is it's really awesome. How not even in a rigid way, but just a promise to continue with the goals. Um, another thing is Justin is full of ideas, mm -hmm. amazing ideas. We have talked about operas. Mm -hmm. We've jazzed about the opera. Wow. We have talked about. You know, just like, what if this was that? It's always about fusing the arts, fusing two disparate concepts together, which is always Are inspiring. you two kind of like two disparate concepts coming together, or is there Oh, yeah, okay. definitely. All right, well, tell us about the other side of that. Um, um Taylor's, Taylor's good. Taylor's good. Taylor's good. Taylor's good. <laughs> you know, she a little, you know. No, I'm not asking you to write vows. Um, tell us something about her that we would just otherwise not know. Uh, I mean, she's she's forceful. She know how to create. She's doing this thing right now where she's like writing a song every day, um, and she's great with collaborating with people. Like she she's a great songwriter. She works well with everybody. You know, she's she's Taylor. Like you know, she's <laughs> you see how guys do. I mean, no um, okay, she's Taylor. But I will say that Jet is from Richmond, Virginia. I am. And Taylor is from L.A. But this is Brooklyn, mm. <laughs> and I would love to know, before we continue uh, into some more songs, what does Brooklyn mean to you? What is your relationship to Brooklyn? How does Brooklyn feed this collaboration? Hmm. Well, we, we perform so often in Brooklyn. Yeah. It, it's like a home to us. Like We attend shows and get inspiration in Brooklyn. We perform here all the time, and we were able to really sharpen up our performance chops in Brooklyn, um, especially for the kind of music that we're trying to do and we're aiming towards. Um, Brooklyn has always been an audience that has been receptive to that, like really? to the margins of music, I feel. Like we're always trying to include different like electronic aspects or a little bit of jazz in there, a little bit of that. And I found whenever we're here that those kind of meetings of worlds are already occurring in yeah, Brooklyn. That's, yeah, well, that's very true. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of great artists in, in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. um, it's good to collab with somebody. You know, it's, it's amazing. Brooklyn is cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Vision like a song reverberates, like an echo of my beating heart. I want it done if I could only start. Possibly the This song was called Possibly. You all have a new project out and Possibly is a video that you just recently yeah. released. Tell us a little bit about that project and about that video specifically. What do you want the viewer to take away from the song and from the images? Um, yeah, so the project is called uh, Go To Bed Standing Up. Um, it's about uh, having dreams. Uh, we all have dreams a lot of times because of life. We forget our dreams or like, something else comes and we gotta think about that. Um, this is about possibly you can do uh, what you wanna do. You can have your dreams. I wanna zoom into the moment where you met, where you were coming out of whatever you were doing at that time, and somehow these individual dreams converged mm -hmm. to create this collective dream. What has the journey been like? Yeah, um, so yeah, to go back on a little bit of what, what Jet was saying, like possibly is like, the whole project was kind of like, what is the process of becoming your dream? Like, what happens? What needs to happen? 
Um, and there are some artists that we love and that we're fans of. Kendrick Lamar is one of them. And, you know, I've personally been following Kendrick Lamar since, like, mm -hmm. overly dedicated. Just seeing his progression is like, wow, he became, I'm sure he dreamt about this. Yeah. And he became it. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how do you do that? Like, what do you do? So, possibly was one of the first songs that we wrote from that mm -hmm. on, like, how? And, like, we'll answer that question. Right. I think with us, it kind of just started as a, hey, let's become a group. And it, we really didn't think about it as like hard as I've like molded over other So you decisions. met on a college campus somewhere? Oh, right. We okay. Like yeah, let's it. go all the way back. <laughs> so we can set the scene in our mind. We yeah. met in Brooklyn. <laughs> zip, zip, yeah. Zip. Met so in Brooklyn you, at, you met in Brooklyn? Yes. Okay, so we're going to give Brooklyn a credit. I had a show somewhere at some bar and you know, she somebody invited her, and we were talking. She's mm -hmm. a singer, so mm -hmm. you know, my me as a musician mm -hmm. trying to do bigger things in New York. I'm like, yeah, let me network, talk to everybody, and mm -hmm. see who she is. When you said network, is that like a code word or euphemism, if you will, for I'm just curious about this conversation? <laughs> and the reason why I'm curious is not because I want to be all up in your business, even though other people do want to know. <laughs> I want to know. Duos are very interesting in the music world, mm -hmm. and they don't always survive. There's no formula, really, but there are tips that we can give. When you first met networking mm -hmm. um, in Brooklyn, shout out to Brooklyn, what was the first thought that went through your mind, and then how did you get to the point of saying, oh, this should be a music collaboration? Well, I had just recently graduated, and I was in a frame of mind of getting out as much as I possibly could. And I heard about a group that Justin was playing for once. I was like, oh, I finally will go see them. And I met him. I was like, whoa, he's killing on the what drums. What was the name of the group? It was called Sibling. And so I was like, oh, he's killing on the drums. And we exchanged. And, and like, I'm out here just trying to work and work and work. And I think a couple of months later, we actually did some of my music as a solo artist together. Mm -hmm. And then we wrote this song that we're actually going to play in a minute called SCW. Okay. And I think that's when I was like, that came really easy mm -hmm. and so i think we're skipping a couple steps so I, for my wendy williams i was trying not to go there for my <laughs> wendy williams moment networking jet was you trying to holler i just i, I was like i just want to know because that's not an easy transition you're like oh shut down maybe and then let's make some songs or let's do both is it possible to do both we want to know and then i promise you we'll move on it is possible to do both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like three years ago, you know? Yeah, I, don't, okay. I don't remember, right. you know? <laughs> Moving right along, in one of your promo photos, uh, you are wearing an Outkast t-shirt. Um, he's wearing a t-shirt of Junior, Ma Junior Mafia. And this is a promo photo that actually has circulated quite a bit for your group. Um, Grunge Kate did an article about you all. Specifically, as far as Outkast goes, let's jump into influences. Outkast has a song called Jazzy Bell. Yeah. So did that happen first? Was that the direct influence, or was it just a coincidence? Well, first, I'm a big uh, Outkast fan, mm -hmm. um, and I was like sampling that song, and oh, I was okay. like chop it up. I was like, oh, this is dope. Uh -huh. And she was like, oh, and I was like, what if you know? Cause we was throwing names out. We had some pretty bad names, mm -hmm. and Jazzy Bell. I was like, yo, Jazzy yeah. Bell sound sounded dope. Um, when we did the opening segment, I described you all as if black magic music was a genre. After listening and then also kind of doing a tour through your Instagram and then your website, we are in an era where there's so many references. You know, we have 
artists like Issa Rae out right now, Solange and all these artists, Issa Rae literally was going into an award ceremony and they said, who is she rooting for? And she's like, I'm rooting for everybody black. Yeah. And so I was looking at the aesthetics that you put out with your music. And I want to know your take on blackness, and then more specifically, what is black magic or black girl magic to you? Mm. Blackness is so important to me, and I'm kind of at a loss for words with like what exactly it is. But I do know that every year I get older, I am prouder. I think at least with writing the music um, and the aesthetics, like I feel like anything that I write or sing or perform or put out is black, just like. In By and default, yeah. <laughs> especially in like leaving school and getting older, like being all sides of myself um, is super, super important. And being unapologetically black is like the number one thing in that. Um, <laughs> all right, audience. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm here for you. Yeah. Um, I think we, we've, we've had that conversation. Like, yeah, we, what do we want people to see or hear from our music and? That was one of the uh, words, I feel like. What is black magic? Well, the first word that came to me was resilience. Mm -hmm. That's what I think black magic is, is we have two things and we made nine things. Mm -hmm. Or um, there's nothing around, there's no help, and this is what we created. Mm -hmm. Time and time again, decade after decade, you know, from everything to vocabulary to style to everything, we don't, we can, we don't have to belabor, you know? Right, right. But that is the magic in it. And I think especially in the era of 45 right now, mm -hmm. resilience and hope in the midst of darkness is like what our whole thing is about. Like, mm -hmm. our thing is black, but we're talking about how we find our dreams in the midst of yeah. it. Because it sucks. Like, we, I don't, you know, I don't think either of us wanted to be like, oh, like, just beat your dreams. It's like easy, because it's not. It's really difficult. And there's a lot of stuff, especially structural that people have to go through, but we still believe in the dream, you know? We still believe in the dream. Dot, 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 fill in the blank. Love is stressful. Stressful. <laughs> you just crushed a lot of hopes and dreams. <laughs>
I think, I guess maybe love is stressful when we try and like change the other person mm -hmm. or we try and like, you know, push yes. people in different directions. Mm -hmm. um, but love is a choice, okay. I think. But so is collaborations <laughs> coming together. How do you keep choosing love? How do you keep choosing collabor this collaboration, especially when it gets difficult? Well, when I think of the co collaboration, I don't even only think between me and Justin. I think between me, Justin, Sil, Paul, Absolutely. and Haley here. Um, they have played with us since the beginning, okay. honestly. And a lot of the times when we're thinking of our music, we're also thinking about if they would like to play it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of choosing the collaboration is based on the gratitude that I feel from what I get back. You know, it's, it's impossible not to want to choose this all the time. Yeah. How much of the process is connected to how you identify or categorize your music? So for example, we, electro soul is a term that pops up, jazzy, boom bap, you know, these things pop up. Do you have this idea in your mind of who you are musically and does that constrict or elevate or assist how you, what you go into the studio and create. What is your process? Hmm. I mean, I think labeling us as like a genre, I'm pretty much open. I guess you can say we're soul, yeah. whatever, but like there's times where I'm like, let's do some rock. <laughs> okay. When you're going for that Grammy, what category you want them to put you in though? Um, I want to, I want to uh, classical, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> classical music. <laughs> Okay. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I don't yeah, know. I mean, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess it would be under like soul, R&B vibe. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty aware that yeah. anybody that doesn't, you know, roll with us or know, especially because, you know, every year we're growing into our sound and I forgot who said it, but basically they're saying like the whole idea is like getting your taste level to your skill level and like, mm -hmm closing the gap between the two, and like I think that's what we're always trying to do. Last week we had a Yorubo, um, and he said that his audience were the emo tweeters, like people who you can find putting out emotional tweets into the Twitterverse, right, Twitterverse. Who, who are your? Um, They're definitely watching Insecure. They're definitely, <laughs> well okay, this is good to know. Yeah. And that's actually great. They actually take music very seriously on that show. Mm -hmm. Solange was like the first curator of music in the first season. Um, where do you see yourself, your work? What would make you so happy if someone gave you a call and said we want to place your song here? What would that placement be? Mm. Speaking of which, if we got on Insecure, we'd be really <laughs> Oh okay, happy. we can stop there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. If we got on Insecure, yes. that would be really dope. Or, I mean, a lot of HBO shows honestly yeah. have great Great music and yeah. great music supervision. The new Marvel movie. The I new Marvel movie. <laughs> anything Marvel. Anything, anything, okay. anything that, that Black Panther movie. Yeah, Black I, Panther. I'll be happy. To, All right, we calling out to yeah. the universe. We did say y'all hey, do hey. some Black Magic music, so let's put these good vibes and make it happen. <laughs> Speaking of the music, walk us through your SoundCloud. If we were to press play on the first song and go all the way through very quickly, what would be fine? Okay, well, you probably find SCW. That was our first song, and that's a song you know we've been playing the longest that we love. Um, after that, we released a song called Jagged Edge that we'll be playing later. And then after that, we dropped our EP. Um, so that possibly Every Day is Tomorrow, Sleepwalker, and a song called No Endings. Um, yeah, which is really, if you're trying to do, a, be in a contem uh, contemplative, like meditative mood about your life, 
check out, go to bed standing up, you know, that's the vibe. All right, so we just heard Back to Back, Every Day's Tomorrow, and Crickets. Recently in the news, there was a lot of people on the planet who did not get to see their tomorrow. And in the face of actual catastrophe that could be thwarted with political change, it was Crickets. Let's talk about this moment, because I know that two weeks ago you were in Mandalay Bay, not only as artists, but as humanitarians as human beings, what was going through your mind when you heard the news of what happened um, and the fact that you were just there? Mm -hmm. I was there celebrating my 25th birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Um, yeah, and it was a situation where I was going to Vegas to see my family. I'm originally from LA and that was like the closest meeting mm -hmm. place and it was like the first time in years that all my family came together. And um, when I heard the news, I was like, that could yeah. Like, you know, like, it was just such a random, senseless situation, and it had me feeling grateful for my life, but also just so sad at just, like, it, yeah. <laughs> I know it's a difficult question, so I don't mean to put you on the spot. Um, I will reference this by saying I am privy to an organization that I've worked with. Uh, it's called Art Saves Lives. It's the idea that and they are based out of St. Martin, which recently mm -hmm. faced a catastrophe of a different kind mm -hmm. with a natural disaster. Um, the idea that art can save lives, is this true for you? And in what way does your music help save, save a life? Mm. Every Day's Tomorrow is about um, anxiety. It's about wanting to dream but not being able to because you're so worried about now and so worried about the present that you can't even sleep to dream. And uh, it was a place that I was currently feeling when I wrote it, but I feel like everybody's feeling that right now. How can we really dream? How can we dare to live our future, our black future, when, when literally every day there's an executive order, there's a a cash if caused by climate change and, you know, U.S. imperialism or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really hard to, to dream. Um, 
I feel like the only way maybe that the music can help save a life is being honest about how difficult it really is, you know, not being like sugar-coated about, oh yeah, this is, it's just this, this, and this, like, mm -hmm. it's very difficult, but by admitting and like understanding the depth of the problem, we can imagine the future beyond it. us to our clothes for now uh, in a message still very fitting of the times. A king once said, only in darkness can you see the stars. We extend gratitude and well wishes to our guests Jazzy Bell as they find their way through the creative cosmos, exploring the dark matter of music and emotion, illuminating what's possible when we are all courageous enough to close our eyes and take a really good look at ourselves. If you can dig it and want to dive deeper for more, B-Side that is, check out our YouTube channel by using the hashtag BSideBK and listen to our podcast on soundcloud.com slash BSidePodcast. I am your host, Queen God is sending up lots of light, might, and high vibes to Las Vegas and all precious life everywhere. We love you, Brooklyn. Till next time. The B-Side Podcast is produced by Charlie Hoxie, Keisha Alon Cole, Ro Johnson, and Sasha Mathias. Recorded by Onel Mullet and edited by Emily Bogosian. For more information on B-Side and all Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio.